Hey everyone, and thanks for listening to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle Podcast. I greatly appreciate you tuning in for another one. So let's go ahead and start getting the house rules out of the way and start getting into it. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. This is the best way to keep up with new podcasts as they're being released. Also, if you can, leave us a review. That's the best way for people to find us when they're looking for gun-related content on their on their podcasting platform. And also, go ahead and check out our social medias to see what kind of shit we're up to in between podcast episodes. You can find us everywhere at 2A Lifestyle. That's the number 2A Lifestyle. Except for Instagram, 2 is spelled out, T-W-O-A Lifestyle. Also, if you like this podcast and you want to contribute a little bit of something, we greatly appreciate anything you give us on Patreon. You can check us out on Patreon at 2A Lifestyle Podcast. And with that, let's go ahead and start getting into the show. I don't wanna pretend that it's okay. Sick of all the shit you throw in my face. Using that look to control me. Knowing that I'll listen cause I'm lonely. I open my eyes and I'm feeling like death. All the fucking lies hanging over my head. Every time I look at you, I only see As with anything, whenever we do a podcast, if there's any news stories about the shooting sports, we're going to highlight it. So this first article comes to us from Ameland, and it's Edmonds Daniel perform well at Jack Link's Cup. So this is a part of Team Winchester. Uh, They were at the Jack's Link Cup held at Quail Creek Plantation in Okeechobee, Florida. Uh, and they had a uh, strong performance from Desi Edmonds and Connor Daniel. Uh, there was a total of 950 top sporting clay shooters from 10 different countries. And Edmonds, uh, who is a, one of the top female shooters in the country, she racked up four first place finishes in Ladies North Pre- Prelim Champion, Ladies Fitasic, F-I-T-A-S-C Champion, Red uh, Prelim Ladies Champion, and Blue Prelim Ladies Champion. Uh, Connor Daniel took home the top honors in the junior Fitax, Fitasic. I'm sure that's like a, a, a fucking like easier way to say it, but it's F-I-T-A-C, F-I-T-A-S-C class, open Fitasic uh, event, and an amazing accomplishment since he is only 15 years old. He also claimed up the runner-up in the sub-junior main event. <clears throat> Well, uh, Kayla Wing- Wilgus claimed third. So uh, the captain for Team Winchester, Zach Kimbaum, uh, he placed uh, the five-stand event and as well as finishing second behind Daniel and the runner-up. So good job on Team Winchester there. Uh, going into the next story, uh, Derek Mean and Vincent Hancock win 2023 World Cup selections, and they're all part of Team Federal. Uh, they congratulated their uh, two shooters for winning the World Cup selection uh, February 3rd through the 8th in Tustin, Arizona. Uh, both uh, win the right to represent the world, uh, the USA in the World Cup in Qatar in March, uh, the World Cup in Larnaca in Cyprus in late March, and the French Grand Prix in Paris in late April. So congratulations on those two shooters there. And uh, the next article comes to us from Ballistic, and it's uh, about the Gamo Squirrel Master Classic showcases small game hunting. Uh, so the uh, Gamo Squirrel Master Classic, obviously, if you don't know what Gamo is, it is a uh, air rifle company, and uh, basically what it is, it's a 10-shot break barrel swarm system, uh, and that's what they were shooting out there. 
uh, pretty cool little thing that they had going on. Uh, there's a lot of 4-Hers, uh, you know, that were out there competing with their game uh, you know, rifles out there. Uh, there was, uh, you know, each of them carried 250 red fire pellets, and they were going all the way out to a 35-yard target. So uh, that's good on game mode to, you know, try and interest people in the shooting sports because, as we've said numerous times, uh, the shooting sports is how we're going to uh, have people be more um, how they, you know, normalize the um, shooting sports and how we can normalize firearms overall. So congratulations on Game O for doing such an excellent job on that. All right, next article comes to us from Amland, starts getting us out of the shooting sports. Vortex acquires Geo Ballistics. Obviously, Vortex is a world-class um, optics manufacturer. Uh, they're still kind of, I mean, like, I remember when Vortex uh, kind of like first came around and started being really well-known probably about 15 years ago, and a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, you know, Vortex, it's cheap optics and you wouldn't think that you'd get a whole lot out of it but you know it's pretty good well since then vortex has become a well-known name in the optics community uh, but they acquired geoballistics which is a texas-based business providing ballistic mobile application software uh, which is i'm sure they're probably going to integrate more into their uh, vortex optics uh, maybe you'll be able to get like a subscription, like a month-free subscription whenever you purchase their uh, optics. So I'm curious to see what Vortex is going to do in reference to this. So, uh, you know, look at Vortex. Vortex expanding. Next article also comes to us from Amelan. It's titled is Smith & Wesson Partners with Brownells for Second Annual 2A Day. Brownells, you know, I know a lot of people shit on Brownells for one reason or another, but I personally uh, really like Brownells as a company. I like Brownells as what they do for the shooting sports. Uh, Brownells has really stepped forward in the firearms, you know, industry as a uh, large supporter and put their money where their mouth is kind of uh, industry where they are supporting 2A rights organizations, they are supporting uh, shooting sports, they're supporting content creators. Brownells is just kicking ass on it. So on the 2A day, uh, which is actually passed, it was February 22nd, uh, an observance of the 2A day, Brownells and Smith & Wesson will sponsor free firearm rentals and limited free ammo at 48 ranges across the USA uh, and other participating races, uh, other participating ranges uh, additional opportunities to celebrate uh, you know include joining organizations that will be held there uh, you know second member rights organizations on the national and state level sharing your video or posts uh, with the hashtag 2a day to help spread awareness uh, so good job on Smith and Wesson and Brownells for doing that that is awesome going on to the next story uh, this comes to us from the firearms blog the CMP plans on a surplus ammunition sale in the spring. God damn, sorry for the dogs. My fucking little Yorkie uh, is wanting to play with my Malawal right now. So my Malawal was not having it. But anywho, so if you aren't familiar with the CMP is, it is the Civilian Marksmanship Program, which is actually a federal government sanctioned program to help um, give uh, American citizens a better chance to improve their marksmanship. 
there are two ranges, uh, one in Ohio and one in here in Alabama. Uh, whenever there's like M1 Garands that are released from National Surplus, uh, you know, it comes from the CMP and you know they sell a lot of old firearms coming out of surplus and this is what they're doing with the ammunition so the calibers including uh that they'll be releasing is the 30 carbine 30-06 m2 ball and 22 long rifle <clears throat> so the cmp is cur currently cataloging the inventory uh and then they will make the ammunition available to purchase so now uh cmp if you aren't familiar with how they sell things um, they are a organization to where you have to get like an endorsement from a local shooting range, like a recognized shooting organization. And most of the time shooting ranges are, uh, you know, the recognized shooting organizations in your area. You have to get a letter from them to send to the CMP to be able to purchase, uh, like the M1 Garands. Um, also they're accepting orders, uh, for more Garands and 1911s. Um, the rack grades range from uh, $700 to $1150 and up. It just depends on like, you know, do you want one that's like hand selected or you just want one off the line kind of thing like that. So check out CMP if you haven't already. Uh, I've seen them, especially since they're kind of local to me. Uh, I've seen them at local gun shows. I've seen them at hunting shows. Uh, and they offer a lot of cool shit. <clears throat> Going into the next article, it comes to us from guns.com. Uh, it's titled Bullet Control, Bill Would Ban Online Ammo Sales Nationwide and Track Packages. So obviously, you know, the even though, and, and this is kind of, you know, the bullshit uh, from either side of the aisle, whether it's Republicans, and there's going to be a, a, a story on later on uh, talk, calling on some bullshit of the Republicans. But also it's the same with the Democrats. You know, uh, the Democrats only have the White House and the Senate um, whereas the Republicans have control of the House, so there's very little chance that this will pass. But uh, U.S. Representative Bonnie Watson Coleman, uh, who is a New Jersey Democrat, uh, and she was endorsed by Everytown and Michael Bloomberg, uh, she introduced the Stop Online uh, Ammunition Sales Act in one step. Uh, she says in the right direction to slowing the proliferation of guns and ammunition. Uh, the proposal would establish the licensing of ammunition dealers who would then be required to confirm the identity of customers seeking to purchase ammo by verifying a valid ID in person. As such, it would then prohibit uh, online sales of firearms. Also, it would require the report of any purchases of more than a thousand rounds of ammunition in a five-day period by the same person to the attorney general as well as local and state law enforcement you know i, I as i'm reading this <clears throat> i want to you know i guess caveat what i said earlier i mean i would not be surprised whatsoever if some republican lawmakers uh were to basically kind of stab citizens in the back and try and uh, you know, get brownie points for progressives or Democrats or, you know, top leadership in Washington by supporting a bill like this. Uh, I highly doubt that a bill like this would pass. But as with anything, we need to make sure that our representatives know who our name is and what we support them in doing or not doing. And, you know, definitely reaching out, calling your representative, just saying, hey, uh, I'm, you know, so-and-so, I live at this address in your district. 
I don't agree with this bill, and if it comes up to a vote, I hope that you do not support it. Uh, that is something that we all need to be doing. Talking about uh, other bills coming forward, and this is an interesting um, bill because you know I hear a lot of talk of um, you know Second Amendment supporters, you know, like uh, not even Second Amendment supporters, but like on the you know what they call themselves on the fence supporters really is what they are. Um, is this title uh, from guns.com? It says, Then they came for the cops. California aims to halt police pistol carve out. So, in California, if you aren't familiar with their draconian gun laws, um, you know, there is a roster of firearms that are acceptable to be sold to the civilian personnel, and it's, you know, hasn't been anything added to that list in a while. Uh, you know, that's one reason why Gen 3 Glocks are still so prevalent is because there hasn't been a new Gen Glock uh, approved on the California roster uh, since, you know, they come out with Gen 4 and Gen 5. <clears throat> and, uh, ex you know, the exception to this was for police officers. Police officers could purchase uh, firearms that were off the roster uh, as long as they basically said it was like for some sort of law enforcement um, purpose. But now... What a lot of law enforcement officers were doing is they're purchasing these Gen 4 and Gen 5 Glocks and they get them for like six, six fifty, and then they sell them for like a thousand or eleven hundred dollars because once they purchase it, as long as it's not like a straw purchase, say they have it for a few months and then they say, you know, oh, I've got this for whatever reason, but I didn't end up liking it. Um, they were they could sell them to the civilian market and they were upcharging them like almost twice the price. Well. You know, the California state legislature is looking to end that exemption. And uh, this bill would prevent law enforcement officers from purchasing pistols that are not on the state roster of certified handguns and eliminate the law enforcement exception from the California's controversial 10 day waiting period. So, uh, you know, according to California Democrats, this is a loophole that has been exploited. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, they say that law enforcement officers are not allowed to purchase other illegal products in the state. Guns should be no different. And, you know, it's one of those things that, of course, you know, law enforcement officers are the ones that sometimes, you know, they'll say they support this or that. And I've heard it from people that I work with all the time that are law enforcement officers. They say, like, you know, oh, uh, you know, I think it's good for me to own a uh, AR-15, but I don't see a need for the civilian population to own it. And this is in fucking Alabama. These are people that claim to be conservatives, claim to be, you know, uh, you know, constitutionalists and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but they'll say some dumb shit like that. And of course, you know, it's probably even worse in California. And, you know, the law enforcement organizations out there in California didn't say anything whenever California was passing these draconian gun control laws. And then now it's coming after them. And that's where, you know, the old adage, you know, we shall all hang in together or we shall all hang separate. Uh, that's where this comes in. You know, the law enforcement organizations in that state should know that, hey, uh, this could apply to us someday, and that's where they needed to step up back then. But I guarantee you, those law enforcement unions and organizations now are going to be, you know, screaming bloody murder. But you know, fuck, that's what happens when you don't step up for the people that are, uh, you know, a, a different class than you, a different organization, whatever you want to call it. That's what happens. That's why we all need to stand together for our Second Amendment rights. Uh, 
Next article comes to us from the Washington Examiner, and it's titled "Bill Would Give Colorado Counties Power to Restrict to do, uh, Power to Restrict Discharge of Firearms." So the Colorado counties would be able to prohib- prohibit people from discharging firearms in specific unincorporated areas under a bill that is moving through the Colorado State House. So basically, if you live, you know, and I get this all the time. I get this all the fucking time. People that live in the county, uh, you know, outside of city limits, they're complaining about their neighbors shooting firearms. And I tell them all the time, I'm like, you know, you live in a, you know, in the woods, you live in the sticks. This is why people move out to the woods and to the sticks is they want to be able to, you know, set up a little shooting range in their backyard. And as long as they have a proper backstop, there's nothing really that can prevent them from doing so. It may be a nuisance, but that's that's the whole point of living out in the country. That's why some people move out here. And Colorado is trying to basically prohibit that. So it says, if an area has a population density of 100 people or more per square mile, uh, commissioners uh, are allowed to enact this designation. This is House Bill 231165. Uh, repeals the exemption of, for private property and it changed the minimum population density to require any designated area for restrictions to be 35 dwellings or more per square mile. So, you know, this is blatantly just an attack on the Constitution. Uh, it's trying to uh, get rid of preemption, which is where uh, local counties or cities cannot pass bills that supersede state law. And that's what they're trying to do. And of course, this is all, you know, Democrat politicians uh, from Boulder, mainly from Boulder, uh, trying to pass this. And I just think it's absolute horseshit. Next article is from Amelan, and it's titled South Carolina House Passes Constitutional Carry. And obviously, we've been seeing a lot of constitutional carry uh, all throughout the country. And I would love to see more states uh, fall in the fold with constitutional carry. Uh, but this recognizes the right of law-bearing citizens to carry a farm for self-defense without having to pay first fees or obtain government permission. So uh, this passed the House. Uh, it will obviously have to pass the Senate. And, you know, if you live in South Carolina, I hope you're calling your state senator and having them, you know, go ahead and endorse this bill in the Senate so that way it can be signed by the governor. And then you obviously need to talk to the governor and make sure that they you know, pass, you know, are willing to sign this as well. Uh, this next title, uh, article is from Tactical Life and it's titled SP Tactical Files Lawsuit Challenging ETF Pistolizing Stabling Brace Final Rule. This is something that we talked about previously, uh, but obviously SP Tactical is coming out a little bit more in regards to this. I mean, SP Tactical, their whole uh, business is braces. Just like uh, bump stocks, you know, there was, I think, only one company making bump stocks. I can't remember the name of it now. <clears throat> but uh, they are wanting to, uh, you know, fight this legally, which I believe they will. Um, and they are asking, uh, you know, uh, you know, saying that, you know, pistol stabilizing braces, you know, there's numerous companies, not just besides SP Tactical. But, you know, that's going to be getting rid of, you know, thousands of jobs through an unconstitutional uh, ruling. Uh, they're also uh, saying that, you know, the market has been flooded um, with pistol braces. And if they're all made SBRs, 
that's flooding the SBR market, which can uh, have negative effects on gun manufacturers. Uh, they're stating that there will be a wait time increase. Uh, you know, saying that there is roughly a little over, as of 2017, there's roughly over 5 million uh, pistol stabilizing braced pistols uh, on the market. And, uh, you know, they're saying that this is bad, you know, for the economy as well as, you know, against the Second Amendment, which I think is, you know, whenever you try and fight something like this, you need to make sure that you fight it from all sides, that you're not just, you know, hammering one thing, saying that this is a Second Amendment issue. Because look at Obamacare. <clears throat> you know, Obamacare, uh, and that was a whole fucking different thing, but basically if you look at Obamacare, when it was challenged in the Supreme Court, you know, they argued one thing uh, and they thought this a slam dunk case that there's no way uh, that they could do that. But since they said it's a tax that the government can tax people how they want to, and then now we're stuck with Obamacare. So that's something that we need to make sure that whenever we're fighting these legal battles that we attack it from all sides to make sure that we don't uh, allow them any inch or any you know, chance of light to tread under Second Amendment. This next article from Ballistic uh, is Daniel Defense seeks dismissal in Uvalde lawsuit. So Daniel Defense uh, was obviously sued by a Uvalde class action lawsuit in reference to the Uvalde shooting, uh, which the uh, killer used a Daniel Defense rifle uh, to commit that mass shooting. And of course, it's propelled by Bloomberg's Everytown Law Group and others. And, you know, this is something that I think that I wish the judge would punish these organizations for doing this because we've seen that these cases are kicked out time and time again. And they do it because you know, they just want to bleed these companies dry because Daniel Fence can, um, you know, Daniel Fence has enough money and enough capital to probably fight this, but they're trying to attack the companies that don't have enough money. They don't have enough capital to fight this. And uh, that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to just slowly bleed the gun industry dry with legal action, hoping that that's what will, you know, ultimately sink our second amendment and we've seen these lawsuits time and time again uh dismissed with prejudice by attorneys or by judges i'm sorry because uh it's part of the fair uh the i believe it's called the lawful trade and commerce act which is basically you can't sue a company uh for somebody's misuse of that item and you know firearms are you know protected under this and there's a lot of gun control activists that want to see firearms removed from this uh, protection because you know that's what they want they want to make sure that these firearms companies are bled dry every time somebody uses a firearm to take somebody's life illegally uh, but you know you don't see ford or chevy or ferrari or bmw or vw get sued every time somebody decides to go 120 on the interstate and then kill somebody else. Uh, or you don't see Bush or Budweiser or Coors or Corona get sued every time somebody drinks and gets behind the wheel of a car and kills somebody. 
because they're you know protected under uh, that that law. But according to the gun control activists, you know they think that you know firearms shouldn't be protected this way. But you know the uh, Daniel Defense is looking for a dismissal uh, in regards to this lawsuit. Um, and you know most of the time what it ends up doing is it ends up uh, you know bleeding the families that fall you know victim to these predatory lawsuits from every town every town or uh, you know moms demand action or whatever it may be uh, bleeds those families that already lost a loved one uh, dry of whatever finances they may have because they have to travel to wherever they filed this lawsuit uh, they have to you know a lot of times uh, put up some money for these legal defenses uh, you know the foundations take care of some but they don't take care of everything and it just you know bleeds these families dry and I wish judges would start uh, like civilly fining these organizations not the people the organizations because again all these attorneys are part of these, you know, every town for gun safety or moms demand action, whatever it may be. They're all part of these organizations, and it's just predatory of what they're doing to the victims. You know, like I said, they've already lost a loved one, and then now they're doing this. <clears throat> all right, so I mentioned earlier, uh, Republicans trying to do some bullshit. Uh, this comes to us from Ameland, uh, and it's about President Trump promising concealed carry reciprocity when reelected. Uh, you know, I, I just, I hate this shit because, you know, under Trump, we had two years where the Republicans controlled the White House, the House, and the Senate, and not a damn thing was done. You know, there was talk about the Hearing Protection Act, uh, but then the Las Vegas shooting occurred, and nothing happened, and we didn't get nothing done. You know, and the Hearing Protection Act was a kind of high in the pie, you know, pie, pie in the sky dream of, you know, Second Amendment supporters of what could be done when something as simple as national uh, reciprocity for concealed carry uh, was very possible, but it didn't get done. So Trump is making these promises and he's saying, you know, when he gets reelected, this is what he's going to do. But again, of course, um, I don't want any president, whoever they be, Republican, Democrat, libertarian whatever the fuck they are i don't want them overstepping their constitutional powers by you know executive orders it needs to be done congressionally because that's the way our government is set up um and i i don't see him you know doing well i see him doing executive order but i'd rather it be done through congress and that's something that can be done through uh, working with the legislative branch, and that's something that con you know Trump needs to have done back when he was president, but he didn't. But now he's making these promises, and who knows if they'll actually you know happen. This next article is from Ameland, and also I've seen it uh, like on AP and Reuters and some other stuff, and I just thought it was pretty interesting. <clears throat> But it's titled, uh, As Dems Push War on Guns, Chicago-Atlanta Fight Over 2024 uh, Democratic Convention Over Safety Issues. So Atlanta was initially picked for the 2024 um, Democratic National Convention, and uh, Chicago was also in the running for it, but obviously Atlanta got picked. Uh, and Chicago is saying that since Atlanta has more guns, it's less safe, and they ought to have it in Chicago, which is comical because 
Uh, I believe, you know, they're, for Chicago even being a bigger city, uh, proportionately, uh, Chicago is more of a dangerous city than Atlanta. Um, and I just think it's funny that they're arguing over, you know, who's got the best gun control uh, on who can keep people safe. Both of them are fucking dangerous ass cities. Um, and if, like I said, if you look at it, according to the Atlanta Journal, uh, there was 170 homicides in Atlanta in 2022. Whereas in Chicago, there was 695 murders. So that is pretty stark contrast. So even though Chicago, you claim to have better gun control laws, you sure as hell can't keep people safer. Uh, and I guarantee you the reason why Atlanta's homicides aren't more is because there's more, uh, you know, lawful concealed carry holders and gun holders in Atlanta uh, that probably make sure that the criminals think twice on who they're going to rob. Going on to the next article, it's from Amelan. Discover card to tr start tracking gun purchases. Now, we've seen this national trend uh, with different financial companies over the last couple of years to where um, stopped allowing gun stores, uh, or, or, you know, they're lumping gun stores in the same light as uh, pornography, uh, vices, stuff like that. We're, we've seen um, credit card transaction companies uh, stop allowing, uh, you know, transactions between private citizens and gun stores, whether it be in person or online. Uh, sorry, I had to take a little sip there. But now, um, the Discover Card organization, Discover Financial Services, will start tracking gun purchases at retailers nationwide this coming April. So Discover is the fourth largest credit card provider after American Express, Visa, and MasterCard. And the credit card company uh, claims it will begin monitoring gun purchase to help law enforcement agencies investigate gun-related crimes. <clears throat> this comes uh, months after... The International Organization for Standardization approved a dedicated merchant code for gun stores. So, again, you had to see the writing on the wall. So, they started uh, basically categorizing gun stores and gun uh, retailers as their own thing to separate them from like sporting goods or retailers or whatever it may be. And here's the reason why they're doing it is because that way they can try and uh, track you financially. So, although the codes will not show the exact guns the uh, patron purchased from the FFL, they're claiming uh, many Second Amendment community worry that these codes will then be used to block the lawful purchase of firearms, which we've already seen done. Uh, you know, during the Obama administration, the Justice Department uh, launched Operation Choke Point, and this operation uh, designated gun stores as risk for money laundering, even though most, if not all, customers must fill out an ATF form 4473 and complete a federal background check before they can buy an, a firearm from the gun shop. <clears throat> so, I mean, this is just like some crazy 1984 shit that the fucking, uh, you know, woke, progressive, gun control, crazy corporations are trying to placate uh, the crazy gun control politicians in doing this. And it is something that we as gun owners need to make sure that we 
are vigilant in protecting this because this is coming. I mean, we are just seeing the dominoes fall. You know, first it was, you know, giving them their own uh, codes or, uh, you know, fucking categorizing them as porn or whatever it may be. Uh, and then this, now they're using these codes that they made to start to be able to track purchases at these places. And it's it's only going to get worse. We need to, I mean, it's absolutely fucking terrifying that these people are allowed to do this because, you know, it takes thousands and millions, of, you know, billions of dollars to create this type of company. And it's something that's not like we can just go out and say like, hey, I'm going to start my own financial company. This is what we are going to use for credit card purchases. Uh, you can use these for, you know, firearms, stuff like that. And if Discover's doing this, I guarantee you, you know, American Express, MasterCard, Visa will probably start doing this as well. And this is something that we need to make sure that, you know, this is something that we can talk to our elected representatives about and say, hey, uh, this shit isn't right. This is something that I think is unconstitutional. Uh, I understand this is a private company, uh, but we also need to make sure that these companies are not discriminating against their customers, uh, which, you know, this very well is. This is exactly what it is. Let's go on into the next story. Uh, it also comes to us from Amelian, titled Mexico Smears U.S. Firearm Manufacturers at UN Forum. It just seems like they have nothing else better to do besides, you know, just be uh, a fucking narco state. Um, Mexico believes that its lawsuits against firearms manufacturers and retailers uh, are on legal life support. And so now they went to the United Nations Ninth Conference of State Parties to the Arms Treaty to spread outrageous allegations against the firearm industry. Uh, Francisca Escobar, the permanent representative of Mexico to the UN at Geneva, addressed the uh, UN uh, Arms Trade Treaty that the UN's effort to control the international arms trade to ensure arms aren't falling to the hands of criminal warlords, terrorists, and uh, other, you know, overthrow, you know, governments. So some of the accusations that they stated uh, said that there has been a link between corporate responsibility and the illicit arms trade, stating that the designs of patriotic signs, etc., cetera, uh, a lack of monitoring of the distribution for these weapons being sold to criminals, and a lack of control in commercial practice, although some enterprises know their products are used by criminals. So, who? What What enterprises? Unless she's talking about the CIA, I don't think there's any American manufacturing uh, firearms that knows uh, that their products are, you know, willfully knowing, allowing their products being used by criminals. Uh, there's also some, you know, allegations that they made previously uh, whenever they said uh, that the uh, gun control group, you know, backed by the gun control group, uh, Brady United, stated that, you know, the same allegations back in 2021, uh, they were trying to seek $10 billion uh, in restitution. You know, Mexico is ignoring the facts that, you know, the firearms you know, industry is highly regulated in the United States uh, and it's strictly managed. I mean, you know, we can't go into a store and just purchase one without an ID uh, and filling out a 4473. Uh, 
you know, it's up to the government to make sure that the background checks work. It, it just goes on and on. Next article from Ameland, California can't let go. The ban on semi-automatic rifles is ruled unconstitutional. So the SAF is joined by the San Diego County Gun Owners Political Action Committee, the California Gun Rights Foundation, FPC, and four private citizens. Uh, and the case is now before the U.S. District Court for the Southern California. And uh, they're arguing that, you know, under the new Bruin decision, that the assault weapons ban is unconstitutional. And California has just filed their brief, uh, basically just, you know, bitching and complaining, saying that this is for safety and, you know, that, you know, because, of course, of Bruin, they got to say that, you know, historically, uh, you know, they're, you know, quote unquote, assault weapons were never meant to be put in the hands of civilians and so on and so forth. Bunch of bullshit. Uh, kind of going on earlier with the two previous stories. I guess I got this one mixed up, but from Amelan, anti-gun group launches legal training on how to sue gun companies. Again, th this is absolute horseshit, and I do believe that this needs to be stopped uh, through some sort of court injunction because all this is doing is showing uh, citizens on how to basically waste their money because uh, none of this will get through because of federal law. So it is called uh, Continuing Le Legal Education, which is mandatory training lawyers must take to pass their bar. Uh, and the gun control group Brady United Against Gun Violence has now launched a CLE course that teaches lawyers how to sue firearms manufacturers. This is a pretty shitty class because they've actually never won a lawsuit that they've uh, done. The only time that they have actually won, I believe, was with Remington. And they didn't even win. It was just settled out of court. They didn't actually win a judgment. But, you know, this group has launched 250 lawsuits in 45 different states, costing the gun industry over $60 million. Uh, and there's, you know, like a, the only crown achievement that they have uh, is Remington. And that was over the Sandy Hook shooting. Um, but the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act, that's the law that I was thinking of, uh, which was passed in 2005, prevents any of this happening. So... This is just another way for them to try and indoctrinate new attorneys. And it's, you know, showing attorneys, you know, how to basically piss away their clients' money. This next article comes to us from CBS News. Uh, it's titled, Slowing Down Access to Firearms Could Prevent More Suicides in the Military Panel Fines. Now, this is a very intriguing article because this article, again, you know, all the gun control activists are trying to do is they're trying to make sure that uh, make you know just like I said earlier with shooting sports we try and, and highlight the shooting sports and try and have people participate in them uh, either as spectators or participants to normalize firearm ownership and to make sure that firearms uh, use is more normalized in our society well this is the kind of stories that they put out to make sure that people uh, think that guns are a problem, that they need to be uh, more suppressed, you know, regulated, whatever it may be. Uh, and this is actually a panel from the Pentagon. This is the Pentagon panel 
that has, you know, did this in its uh, uh, panel against suicide prevention response, and they included 127 recommendations. And but of course, the one that they are highlighting as high priority is that they need to restrict the access of firearms to military members, as to try and, um, you know, prevent suicide of you know military members and you know they said that one thing that they ought to do is they ought to make sure <clears throat> that the uh, PX's on military bases do not sell firearms to anyone under the age of 27 so again you know we already say that if you fight in the military you can be 18 go overseas you know shoot you know automatic uh, machine guns and and real assault rifles and grenades and, and all that kind of shit uh, but you can't drink until you're 21. And now they're trying to say that you can't even purchase a firearm from the PX until you're 27. I mean, that is just hypocrisy at its at its worst. And it's absolute horseshit. And I think this is important because of the fact that, again, this is coming from the Pentagon. And, you know, I am a veteran. And it is was clear to me when I was in. Because I was in from 2013 to 2017 that the uh, that the military is basically becoming you know just puppets and uh, social experiments for progressive politicians and to see what they can do uh, to the the country you know with all of the the insane sharp training which I'm not saying there shouldn't be any sort of sharp training and sharp training for those that don't know is sexual harassment, assault, uh, uh, you know, I can't what the RP stands for, but basically it, it's something to make sure that people uh, don't sexually harass or assault each other in the military. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that that is not uh, a, a bad thing, but it is drilled in your head so much that it tries to make you know people believe uh, and it's you know often used and abused by people that you know don't get their way and they will you know file a sharp complaint against somebody and a lot of times that's a career killer you know career killer they you know get booted out of the military after that um, same thing with like uh, equal opportunity uh, you know and uh, you have the you know cross-dressing um not cross-dressing i don't know what you would call her it him whatever it that person is uh the surgeon general you know uh wearing a admiral uniform uh and that's what they're doing and they're trying to do this in the military now to try and make it more normalized because you know the military is just a humongous melting pot you know, you meet people from all over the country, from different backgrounds and cultures than your own. And the military is a huge melting pot. And it's like my drill instructors used to always tell me, my drill sergeants, you know, you're not black, white, yellow, brown, you're green. That's what you are. Um, and that's, it's a huge melting pot. And, you know, everybody is, and I pray that my kids go into the military because I want them, you know, it really opens up people's minds to, like I said, travel across the country, sometimes the world, and they get to experience people that they might have never experienced at home. So, 
the military is being used as this social experiment by progressive politicians for COVID vaccines, for uh, fucking, you know, trans people, for uh, gun control now. And that's what they're trying to do. And once these people get out of the military, they go back to wherever they come from because most people that are in the military don't do past four to eight years. So when they get back home, a lot of that stuff sticks to them. And uh, But, you know, another reason is that that's another reason why the military recruiting is so low now, in my opinion, is that, you know, to join the military, you got to have the certain mindset. And, yeah, there's tons of fucking people that join the military just so that way they can go to college. And maybe a lot of people are wanting to go to college anymore, and maybe that's why now they're joining the military. But a lot of people that join the military join it because they're patriotic in some form or fashion. Um, their family members have a tradition of joining the military. But if they're patriotic and they're seeing what the progressive politicians are doing to the military, or you know their family members are seeing what they're doing to the military, they're telling them, hey, you don't need to join the military because it's not what it, you know it, it's supposed to be. And, you know, for them to say that they don't, you know, people that protect us, that they don't need to have, you know, be able to purchase firearms or they don't need to have firearms, which there's already rules in place that it's not like some fucking, uh, you know, uh, you know, Joe in the military can have a firearm in his barracks room or something like that. Uh, but, you know, I guarantee you that the, uh, I guess what I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guarantee you that the military will attempt to say, you know, hey, you're not allowed to have this in your home where you live. Because if you're in the military, it doesn't matter if you're at work or not. Like they rule, like govern every bit of your life. Uh, you know, if you get um, a DUI, and that, that's just the best example I can think of, if you get a DUI off base, even though you weren't on base and you might have been off duty, you're going to get punished by the, you know, local city or county that gave you the DUI, but also you're going to be punished by the military. It's just doesn't matter. So it, this shit right here is what is insane. And again, talking about trying to normalize what's going on, ABC News reports this, states that more than 6,000 people have been killed in gun violence so far in 2023. Now, of course... <clears throat> It, you know, they say that there's been 263 teens and children gun, uh, killed to gun violence so far. There's been 84 mass shootings so far in 2023. And they make all this shit look scary. You know, they try and make it look like, you know, COVID back when it first really hit. Uh, most of these are suicides, which are tragic in of itself. Uh, these mass shootings that they're calling it so far, uh, you know, is a lot of gang violence because you know drive-bys things like that uh and then 263 teens killed so far again at suicides i know uh it's tragic to say i know of a 16 year old uh that was uh you know died by suicide today from a firearm so he's going to be counted into this uh you know there's a lot of manipulation in these numbers um and it says you know there's been an average of 66 deaths by suicide per day in 2023 up till now. So you get majority of those are, you know, you know, suicides. 
it says, you know, there's been an average of 116 deaths per day. 66 of those are suicides. So that leaves you roughly around like 50 to 60 uh, of actual homicides is what they're saying. And of course, you know, I bet that number is probably a whole lot more than what they think it is because the FBI crime data, if you go look at FBI's, you know, crime data now, it's not the most detailed because it, you know, depends on the local police departments and sheriff's offices, state police reporting those numbers. And sometimes they forget to put something in there, but it's still considered a gun death, but they don't report whether it's a homicide or a suicide. Uh, or it could even be an accidental death, you know, uh, and I'm sure that's what a lot of those children's uh, deaths are as well, is maybe children, uh, you know, playing with a firearm. And especially since we've seen the last couple of years, uh, you know, the absolute blow up of sales of firearms. It could be that, you know, a lot of these people that just now have gotten firearms for their first time don't know how to safely store or to have that talk with their children to let them know, hey, you know, this is a gun. You do not touch it. If somebody else touches it, you run off and come tell an adult. That kind of thing. Let's kind of end on somewhat of a good news story. Uh, this comes to us from KOLD, uh, which is a news organization out of Arizona. There is a new bill that could require firearm safety be taught in middle and high school in Arizona. And I think this is a wonderful thing. Uh, the Arizona House of Representatives would require middle school and high school students to offer uh, to offer training on firearm handling. This would be grades 6 through 12, uh, and it would have experts teach them how to identify safe and unsafe handling of firearms and the appropriate response. Uh, but, you know, of course, there's a lot of, you know, people uh, uh, just lambasting this, saying that this should be taught outside the school and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the school's courses that would be offered will be taught by an instructor who is certified by a recognized national or state as association. Although, however, a working farm would not be used for the training. So they might have like a rubber ducky or a blue handle, whatever you want to call it, uh, in the training itself. So I think that's some pretty good stuff. I definitely think that we need to, like I said, normalize farms. We need to uh, have people more accustomed to seeing guns handling guns, not being afraid of guns. Uh, and I just wish they would at least have some sort of range time in there, but it'd probably be very dangerous. Uh, you know, well, I wouldn't say dangerous. Liability, because like anytime my fucking kids go to a field trip, I have to sign like five fucking different forms, basically saying I won't sue the school if uh, like the bus catches in a wreck because it's not the usual bus route <clears throat> and all that kind of shit. But let's go ahead. That's going to be the end of the main segment. Let's go ahead and start getting into the gun gear news and reviews and start uh, wrapping this up. about some stuff that we've talked about before but i think it's so fucking cool that i just want to go ahead and talk about it some more so the first thing all these uh product news is going to be coming to us from the firearms blog <clears throat> this first one is about the new primary arms uh three to 18 by 44 and four and a half by tw uh four and a half to 27 by 56 ffp glx rifle scopes ready for pre-order 
Now I saw these uh, already. I got an email from Primary Arms. This is part of their new optics lines they're coming out with this year that we talked about earlier. And I think Primary Arms has really just knocked it out of the fucking park with this. Uh, this first one, which is the 3 to 18 by 44, uh, comes with the ACS uh, ACSS Athena reticle, <clears throat> and the reticles uh, come uh, calibrated for 6.5 to 6.5 slash 224 Valkyrie or 308 Winchester slash 6.5 Grendel, and they're starting at 750. And I think, like I said, this thing is great. It's got three and a half in, uh, inches of eye relief. It's got a 180 MOA elevation adjustment. Um, <clears throat> and it's first focal plane. The reticle looks super nice, super clean, super slick. Uh, I'm in love with these things. The next one is the four and a half to 27 by 56. Uh, these offer uh, the ACSS retic Apollo reticles as well. Uh, and they're starting at $899. Uh, it's basically offered in the same reticle options minus the 308 and 6.5 Grendel. And again, these things are super fucking slick. Uh, all the same stuff pretty much that's uh, available before. I'm really looking forward to this. And I've been looking at getting myself a uh, good uh, AR-10 gas gun. And I've been thinking about getting either in 308 or 6.5 Creedmoor. And I'm definitely going to be getting uh, one of these when I finally do get that rifle. Uh, next thing is from the Farms blog, High Speed Gear's new double-decker taco pouch. Now, if you are familiar with High Speed Gear and their taco pouches, these things are amazing. Uh, this is what I have on two of my plate carriers. Uh, I really enjoy these. These are fantastic. You know, never have them bounce out or anything like that. Uh, but now they have a double-decker, which is... Uh, two AR mags and two pistol pouches uh, put right on there. They are at 95 a piece. So I mean, high speed gear. Their stuff is a little bit more expensive, but really well worth it because they're really well, nicely designed. <clears throat> uh, the new optic. Oh man, I don't know what I pressed, but it just made my computer very angry. Uh, the new uh, Leica Geovid Pro 42 range finding binoculars. Uh, this is pretty cool. I've been looking for some nice uh, binoculars myself. Um, but now this shit is expensive, uh, obviously because of the range finding uh, capabilities put into them. The 8x42 sells for $3,300. And the slightly larger 10x42 also sells for $3,300. So really, you got, you know, either one just depends on what you want. Uh, eight times magnification or 10 times magnification. Uh, it uses the GPS mapping integration through base map and Google Maps. Uh, and you can also uh, have, you know, onboard atmospheric sensors and advanced apps like applied ballistics. So this is pretty cool. Uh, man, this is way the fuck out of my price range, though. But it is definitely a nice thing to have if you get that kind of money. This is kind of more my speed. This is going to be the last thing uh, from the gun gear section. Uh, and it's the primary arms, SLX, and GLX binoculars. Uh, these things look sexy. Uh, the uh, GLX and SLX are... 259 and 129 respectively so the slx is 129 the glx is 259 uh really great value in my opinion these things look awesome uh you know the 
GLX is a little bit more lightweight. Uh, it is the same magnification, if I do believe so. Yep, both uh, 10 by 42s. Uh, the eye relief is 16 millimeters. Uh, the objective lens obviously is 42 millimeters. Uh, field of view is 309 feet. And uh, the GLX, the field of view is 341. It's pretty, pretty nice. Uh, these things are really, like I said, really great value for the money. Uh, I'm probably going to get me some of those binos before the next hunting season. That's going to be the end of the gun gear news and review section. Let's go ahead and get into the gun culture segment and wrap the show up. These thoughts in my head take control, but when I'm down, I beg for more. Yeah, I beg for more. Yeah, and I've been thinking about you all night. I don't want to fight. All these other random girls want to kill my vibe. Yeah, what a waste of time. <laughs> so what I'm broken, and my heart is broken. Well, if you have been living under a rock, uh, you might not have heard of a series called Yellowstone and <clears throat> the Yellowstone uh, spinoffs 1883 and 1923. Uh, 1923 is currently ongoing. Uh, I'm excited for the new episode to release tonight. I'm recording this on Sunday uh, and I'm obviously looking forward to Yellowstone coming back as well. Uh, it's a great series, great actors, uh, and this actually comes to us from Ballistic Mag. It says the guns of Yellowstone, uh, you know, 1883, 1923, and the Dutton Ranch through season five. Uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of different firearms. Most of these are going to be Western style uh, firearms. There's a lot of lever actions in here. Uh, you know, Marlin Model 336, uh, Marlin Model... Uh, 1893s, 1894s, that kind of thing. A lot of different lever actions in here. There's also uh, some pump action and double barreled shotguns in here. There's a Remington 870, uh, Mossberg 590, uh, Ma Winchester model 1897 Trent shotgun. Uh, that one was really cool. Uh, is I was in the 1923 season uh, that they're doing now. <clears throat> There's also a Spencer African double rifle, and, and so I've watched you know all of the uh, Yellowstone up to this point. I've watched the 1883, I've watched the 1923, and this 1923 is probably my favorite so far, uh, just because of uh, the Spencer, um, the Spencer character in here. Uh, he has a Holland Holland double barrel rifle uh, and 500 Nitro Express. Uh, which is he uses for African bush hunting, uh, and it's pretty pretty neat. Also, uh, there is a uh, hammerless 12 gauge double barrel shotgun in the opening sequence of 1923. Like I said, there's also a lot of modern guns, especially when it comes to the Yellowstone series itself. Uh, there's uh, some Glocks, some different M4 platform rifles. Uh, that looks like to be like a Ruger Blackhawk in here, uh, different things. Another thing also that's pretty cool in the 1883 series was there's a Sharps 1874 with a uh, long rifle telescopic sight on there. And then also there was a Thompson submachine gun on this, uh, this season of 1923. And I'm telling you, there's just more and more different types of firearms uh, I know there was a uh, Kimber um, 
uh, Ultra CDP on there. There's a lot of gun usage in that uh, in these series, and these are great series. If you're looking for something to watch, I highly recommend Yellowstone and all of its prequels. Uh, they just announced that they're uh, having a second season of 1923, and they're also going to do another prequel. I believe it's like 1963 or 1973. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to it as well. <clears throat> so that's going to be it for the gun culture segment. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. gentlemen i greatly appreciate you listening to another episode of the 2a lifestyle uh if you like this podcast leave us a review if you can uh you know spotify it's just a simple five stars you just go click five stars and that's it uh with itunes leave us the five stars and just like a quick one sentence uh you know statement about how you like this podcast uh for some reason itunes you know if you just leave the five stars but not uh, actual text review it doesn't count as much for some reason. That helps people find us when they're looking for gun-related content on their podcast platforms. Also, hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening. That's the best way to keep up with new podcasts as they're being released. And then also check us out on social media. We mainly post on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, do some Twitter now. And uh, you can find us everywhere at 2A Lifestyle. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you could help us out. Anything you give us, it goes directly back into this podcast. Uh, you can check us out at Patreon at 2A Lifestyle Podcast. And until then, I will see you guys again and keep on enjoying that 2A Lifestyle. I had to make a